that is the Gold Cup hero. Two of the most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see. Hello and welcome to the final edition for the National Hunt season of the Race Hour podcast. Myself, Dean Ryan, and I'm joined by the one and only tote man himself, Jamie Benson. Jamie, how are you? Good. Last one of the year, man. It's emotional. It's mental, isn't it? I know, it is. And we've no demo, of course, because he's now a new father and this is far less important than what he's got going on. But, you know, from myself and him, it has been a pleasure to talk to you a lot this season, Jamie, I have to say. Oh, no, dude, genuinely the pleasure's been all mine. I don't know what my P&L would have been like without your guys' views and tips, but um, let's say worse than it currently is. But yeah, no, it's been, it's been great crack and hopefully we can sign off with a bit of a bang with the sand down punch double. That's, I like that. Yeah, we'll have a go at that for sure. Um, like the Sandown play spot, of course, this weekend is guaranteed for 250k. There is the tournament finale, though, JB. You're under immense pressure this weekend because it's all, all the jump seasons have been building yeah. to the finale and tomorrow's the day. Uh, how are you coping? Yeah, I'm in good spirits. I'm oblivious as always. Um, the, one, one of the, the greatest strengths I've always found is just to have a complete lack of self-awareness. And uh, <laughs> this is certainly <laughs> one of those occasions. Yeah, we've got 125 people um going for i think there's about 25 grand on offer um for every, everyone who qualified throughout the jump season we'll be doing get the same again for the flat so don't worry you'll be able to get get involved uh at every whirlpool day there'll be a tournament and then uh culminating in in the champion of champions on champions day uh at ascot so yeah again you'll there'll be plenty you can get involved in and and yeah i think i think the one thing that's been patently obvious is it's not entirely impossible to beat me <laughs> sure. <laughs> you have your days, though, Jamie. Yeah. You know, this is how. This is That's how very it does true. Go. Although, like, although like we're we're side we're side of Burley turning turning twelve next year. I don't know how many more days I'm going to have. Um, <laughs> yeah, when the when the cliff horses retire, it does become yeah. tougher. Um, yeah, especially when they've done you a turn now and again. Um, I mean, I think one of the one of the big standouts of the year though is us talking about tote fantasy. Um, it's, it's a completely new addition to to my kind of punting uh, trajectory, and one that I've absolutely loved. I love the puzzle of it. We're always crying out for innovation in racing, and all all hats off to the tote and yourself for bringing this to uh, to the fore. I think I think it's just fantastic. Hopefully, there's more of this stuff in the offing soon. Is there? Yeah, is definitely. there another way you can? Go. yeah no i mean now it's just a, i mean firstly cheers dude. thanks so much um you know it's uh it was a bit of time in in the making and um was very nerve-wracking when i re- released it to the outside world um you know kind of like sending your kid off to the first day at school you just hope it doesn't get bullied and yep. um you know fortunately every, everyone seems to really enjoy it and really love it it's just a different way of looking at your your afternoons punting um for me i i, I love it but um it's been great to hear all the feedback especially from a, a, an experienced punter like yourself um, I found it. I found it great fun. Um, I haven't managed to crack it as well, which means I'm completely <laughs> addicted. Because you know, like once you know, complete wordle a couple of times, you're like, oh yeah, that's a bit dull now. I've done yeah. it. Yeah. Um, you might remember they exist, but no, I'm still trying to win this one. And there's a few bleeding sharks in it, Jamie. So you know, I'm after them as well. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, yeah. To be honest, it's one of the things I've loved about it is there's the, there, there's as much to do with playing the game as there is to picking winners because you have yeah. to balance your budget because you've got to use the, the two boosts. Um, there's a bit, there's a bit of thought to it. There's a bit of tactics to it. It's not just pick seven horses and hope for the best. You know, there's, it's a thinking man's game, which, uh, 
you know. 100%. That fantasy football conundrum of like, you know, I'm not a big Mo Salah fan, but he's going to get a lot of points. Yeah. So, yeah, that kind of stuff goes on. And, uh, yeah, I like it. It's a completely different way to look at it. The times where I've gone with all the things I've fancied, I've never done well. Yeah. So I tend to use it as almost an out, you know, an anti-Dean yeah. is my fantasy. I, rem- I remember yeah. when you had it right off when we were at Fairy House with Bobby Joe <laughs> yeah, Day exactly. and you just put in everything that you hated. <laughs> yeah, all these horses I don't like. And when they win, I go, well, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh cracking stuff all right look we get stuck into yep. um to sand down on saturday 250k in the pot of course courtesy of uh the tote um why don't we kick off i, I you know i looked at this car before this of course and uh i honestly was hoping that you came with all the good things because i found this very very tough as it should be for finale day when everything's kind of like over the top and uh, and it gets tougher the 105 mm-hmm. is the first race there is the the championship final handicap hurdle of course for novices over two miles uh we've got some nice ones uh in here uh, plenty of you know relatively recently unbeaten flesh uh which way did you want to go with it jamie i was struggling yeah, I've got some stronger fancies later on the card for sure. That yeah, it's um, it's a muddling card in many ways, and the going officially soft on the hurdles course, good soft on the on the chase. So couldn't even race today. Like, yeah, I know. Well, don't don't. I mean, yeah. your man, your man was watering last. Uh, I think on Thursday. You know, honestly, damned if you do, and you're damned if you do. I mean, yeah, yeah, worst job in the world being Clark of the course, yeah, but in, in this particular yeah. instance, he he does seem to have properly spooned it. But ah, oh, well, mm. it was just a bit of flat racing. He gives the monkeys. The, the, uh, yeah, the jumps I, I, I didn't cry. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, my my selection here would be Iberico Lord for Hendo yep. and, and Aiden. Um, his second time out after Windop, one last time that looked to have helped him out, and it's not so much with enormous confidence that I side with him. Joe Dancer was probably the last one off the shortlist as well for Ben Pauling. Similarly, a, a, a type that looks to improve, have improved for a tongue tie. Um, and they seem to be starting to figure out what he's about, having thought he was a promising young sort. So Joe Dancer and Iberica Lord would be my two against the field. I'm slightly nervous about uh, abandoning Kansas to Burley, having been with him recently. But um, mm. I don't know about the record of four-year-olds in this in this race. So... Um, I, I'm keen enough to take on him and under control. So um, I could be proved wrong. They probably got an excellent record in it, but I, I, off the top of my head, I'm not quite sure. So yeah, Joe the dancer. It's a little bit like all. enterprising placement for Kansas to Berlay because only eight days ago they obviously they went yeah, on one. Exactly, um, and same with under control. Yeah. You know, it, both of them reappearing quickly. Both four-year-olds. I'm keen enough to take them on. Okay, um, I, yeah, I, I like Ibirico Lord and I like Bo Balco. It comes from the same bit of form, but yep. I mean, if that form's going to stand up, Ibirico Lord will be fine. Um, Celtic Huck, I thought, was the interesting one for Jeremy Scott and Rex Dingle. They did beat Spartan Army, if you go back to um, February. Prior to that, of course, they went in at Wing Canton. Uh, I got the idea this has probably just been waiting to come here, which means it should put up a decent performance. So Celtic Huck would be my one against um, the top of the market, which is obvious, but I want to take it on. Yeah. No, I, li- I, I like that as well. It's always encouraging when you have a horse that's been given a handicap mark and then they've clearly just looked at it and gone, right, that's 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 a very good mark. And when when is the first time we're going to run in a handicap? And that's obviously what's happened here. And Jeremy Scott would be yeah. you know, one of the more commercially minded uh, trainers. So, yeah, I think that's a really interesting shout like that. Yeah, they'd be going for a good pot on this day and I imagine they get involved and Ibirico Lord looks like a, a decent one to go with alongside it. So we'll go with two there. The 140, uh, do we nap John Bond here? Because he's bomb-proof. He's not going to fall. He's only been beaten by El Fabiola, who seems to be an absolute freak now. Granatine, Captain Guinness, who I know you're going to talk to me about for sure, <laughs> editor de Geek, and Funan Savola. We only got two spots, but is, is two of them going to be able to kick John Bond out of the frame? Yeah, I mean, I am nothing if not predictable. 
Um, yeah. So you're right. I will come on to Captain Gizzis in a sec. But I don't particularly like John Bond here. But from a oh. place pop point of view, yeah, he does look pretty bomb proof. Um, I just, I'm always wary of horses stepping up after a long season into open company from novices. Mm. You know, it's not often done unless it's a particularly soft race. And I don't think this is as soft as. Oh, it's tough enough. Yeah, exactly. You know, you have the second and the third from the champion chase, admittedly a weak enough champion chase. Oh, and the fourth actually edited the sheet. So yep. it's a it's a big enough task. Probably we should probably I'd I'd like to have two. Go on then. But we You want the Guinness. Yeah, I want the Guinness, obviously. Yeah. You know, yeah, he kicked yeah. Grenatine out of the way earlier. I don't think Grenatine is a force <laughs> of old. Um nope. Captain Guinness, yeah, he travelled like a like he might actually even bloody win the champion chase. But obviously didn't quite get home. Slightly shorter trip this time around the slightly easier track i can see him going really really close and this has been the plan well, as soon as he crossed the line at cheltenham as well yeah of course and uh, you know like we saw with el fabiolo at punchestown this week um you know the question mark afterwards like oh how will that do in open company he's gonna do very well in open company that's a fact but we're gonna find out how john bond does so and we'll, that almost is another line towards el fabiolo's claims mm. for next year and mean the paper king or whatever you call it, I don't know. <laughs> for the next season, that would be very harsh. Okay, look, we'll put Captain Guinness in with yeah. John Bond. We can we can uh, always take to, him out at the end if we're if we're. Let's see how we go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, fair enough. All right, so John Bond, Captain Guinness. Okay, two fifteen then is the uh, Gold Cup. Um, Froden's going to obviously you know lead him along for a long way under Bryony Frost and Paul Nichols. Could could Froden pull this off? I don't think it's the strongest race. Am I being unfair? No, no, I think. Uh, you know, Frodon is the is the place Potter's friend, isn't he? Always genuine, so, yeah. make always always puts in a bold bid from the front under Bryony, who gets him jumping beautifully. And yeah, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't put you off. I, he wouldn't be my selection in the race by any means. Sure, but you can when you when you're slightly struggling to to pick apart a competitive handicap like this, where you do get the four places, it often pays to just go near the top of the weights for something you know is going to be run its race, but it's probably going to bump into something. Or a couple of horses that are just better handicapped. So in that regard, you know, if you had a small inclination towards Frodon, I, I would not put you off at all. I do. I think from a place pot point of view, I wouldn't back this to win this race. Yeah. But I'd back it to be there at the last in the mix with two or three others. And I don't know what the two or three others are with any confidence. Yeah. I mean, so for, for me, for instance, I, I would have had Musical Slave higher on my list than Frodon, but okay. lower on my place pot list. So I would would probably leave Musical Slave out, who was second in this race last year, um, and looks to have been plotted up for a similar to the pot again. But Mucho Mass would be the one that I would be really keen to include in the in the play spot. I actually I actually really fancy him for this. Okay, he was second to Bill Baxter at Lingfield back in November, and Ben Pauling was absolutely spitting. Could not believe that he got beat. Uh, that was giving three pounds to a Bill Baxter rated one fifteen at the time. He's now rated one four one. The world has changed. <laughs> yeah, the world has changed. So I think I think it's it's fair enough that he might have been rightfully aggrieved to have bumped into one there. He's since gone on to win twice, both times over three miles, uh, looking like a, a step a, a step further up will be to his benefit. That was off one twenty one two five. He runs off one three four here. Which is, you know, it's it's a big it's a big enough weight, and you know, he he is a few pounds wrong at the weights, but I think he's very very well in on his marks. So, I think Mucho Mass would be would be one of my bets of the day. I'd say probably. Love it. Are you happy to leave it at that? Because I think we might have that yep. race covered, albeit you know, the top of the market we're leaving what seven of them above us in the betting, but. You know. 
think yeah, that's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm happy enough with that. Okay. All right, then. 250. Um, now, this is where Hewick's going for the Shark, of course, and Rachel Blackmore. Currently five to four favorite there. Up against, though, Solo, El Dorado, Alan McFabulous, First Flow, Fantastic Lady, and Black Jerry. Now, the, some of those ones I just mentioned there, they're all the ones that are just below the top grade. Hewick is top grade, you'd think, although, you know, gone and done it in uh, unfamiliar waters a few times. And, of course, you know, goes well here. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have any strong opinion to oppose them, to be honest. The only concern okay. is the seven runners, so only the two places. Mc- Where would you go if we need a second one? Eldorado Allen would t- typically be the sort of place pot horse, but he's had a really hard season, and I just yeah. wonder, wonder whether this is maybe one race too many again after a, a big weight carrying performance uh, to come fifth at Aintree. It's just been it's just been a long old year, and he is tough mm-hmm. as old boots. But Solo is short of the quality here. McFabulous has bled, can blow out. First flow, Jesus, what's left with him anymore? He needs a bottomless, doesn't he? So good soft. Nearly a teenager, yeah. yeah. I probably, probably having talked all, all around all of them, probably solo, um, but reluctantly. Yeah. Um, okay. I would be tempted to just have the one, actually. If we... I'm putting five in with brackets there. And we'll see. <laughs> where we may, maybe maybe Hewick is. Now. I, I'm not a big fan of the rest of them being able to handle Hewick if Hewick is fine. And Hewick yeah. should be fine. In, in my um, head there, when you said I'm putting five in with brackets, I went, I thought you meant you're putting five of the runners in. Not just not, oh my God, not number no. five number solo. Five. <laughs> number five is solo, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, the decision is, you know, do we put solo in or do yeah. we go solo with yeah. Hewick? It's a bit of a tongue twister. All right, 3.25 at Sandown. Uh, we might have to come back to a couple of those races. Captain Matav for Paul Nichols and Harry Cobden looks like it's going to lead the market here. Um, he isn't going single-handed, though, and I quite like Cal Destan. Uh, there are others in the race, though. What do you like? Yeah, very much see the case for Cal Destan. Um, would not put you off, and I think definitely goes into the into the play spot here. My other one against the field would be Quinta Domar, who... Yeah was in first time pieces last time that seemed to make the world of difference to him against Grandas Cottage it was a small field race but the form actually looks solid enough that was one without a whip yeah exactly exactly which is exactly what you know those animal activists want yeah. so this might be one of those horses to prosper exactly get the uh, get get that little steel buckle on the whip, on the on the reins flicking over the neck instead they all just need pieces and cajoling Jamie that's all they yeah. need like, yeah. <laughs> Quite clear. Um, Jesus. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, so Kinsman only, only up four pounds for that win, and looks to have yeah. been put away. That was at, at end of fair, but from well, looks to have been put away for this. It's a nice pot to win, I'd say. Ben Pauling. I'm, I'm a bit of a Ben Pauling fanboy this day. It seems. So. Seeing that. I'm seeing that, yeah. yeah. Well, often it's me just talking about Henderson horses, but this week we, <laughs> we take a slight change. Um, okay, look, two in there with uh, potentially looks like going to get the full field at nine. Um, I'd be I'd be upset if we didn't hit one, two or three. Yeah, yeah so we should be okay. Um, now, four o'clock is the final leg. I mean, surely, field. surely there's only one horse that can go in here. Well, if you ask me, there is, but you know. <laughs> Dino, run us through it and tell us why we're picking Time Hill. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're just picking him because he's declared. <laughs> is that good enough? Um, yeah, obviously it didn't go well for him at Cheltenham. And, you know, we thought we were tipping him up uh, previous week, but he didn't run. And I thought they were going to go back uh, for, for a decent stay as part, of course, at Aintree. But no, they're coming here for the select hurdle, grade two. Uh, colours, are, sort of sights are lowered, aren't they? And uh, yeah, I, I think he deserves a big day. He hasn't got much to beat here. Theatre Glory and Nappers Hill would be inferior. Um, Goshen is probably better if he's 
bothered and call my lord or call me lord is um is not quite gone at the game but very hard to predict so time he'll finish first or second jamie and i'd be backing him to win i'd say Love that. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, he's the best at the weights as well. He receives weight from all bar theatre glory. Um, well, sorry, he receives weight from Napa's Hill and Goshen, but that's important. Two mile five and a half. Yeah, he's, I yeah. Mean, you know, I, th- I think I think he's a bet. Stable form. Yeah. Talk to me. It's not great, is it? Yeah, I was, lo- I was looking through the, uh, through the racing post there and he seems to have been switching between loads of stables. Um, I don't know what's been going on with the Hobbs and Johnson White situation, but every every one of their horses I go on, it seems to have said they've changed changed trainers about eight times. So, almost before every run, so maybe exactly. one's in charge and the other yeah. one's in charge. I, <laughs> I don't know. It's like how many interim trainers can you have? It's like the Tottenham Hotspur trainers horse. Yeah, and, and they are quite a streaky yeah. yard as well, which is a concern. Massively. So, no, yeah. I, no yeah. I don't know. What? Why not just have one more one more big hit and hope? On Time Hill. I like it. Yeah, this is it. I mean, it's the way to end the season, isn't it? Like, if you're going to yeah. you know, you know, hang all my hats on anything. It's obviously my nap the weekend just because it's declared, <laughs> which makes it very simple. Um, yeah, Time Hill. But, you know, do we want another one in there? I, I don't think we're going to need one. No. If he runs straight, it'd be fine. All right, this pot isn't that big. Do we want to go back and add something in somewhere else, or do we just brave it? We have currently with two naps, Hewick and Time Hill. Um, I'm always happy hmm. to leave it. Leave race six with a nap because if you get to that point you're kind of quite pumped and you can yeah. and you can look at what you're winning and you could potentially play slayer on betfair yeah it's hedge there are hedge options i don't i don't mind just having um just having time in hill in there so maybe, maybe we add solo in with you with Hewitt to balance this out try and get us there gotcha Gotcha. That makes sense. I did put it in brackets and now we've got space. So it's two times two times two times two times two times one. Two times two is four, then comes eight, comes 16, comes 32. Is it 32 bets? Am I right? I'm not sure. Is it? You're still is there, it? Jamie. Did my maths like, send oh, you God. off into no, the... No, no, no. It was more TV. My, my eyes were just I was staring into the distance and it was sort of having one of those, you know, Rain Man moments where numbers are just cascading down. Um, yeah. it, I mean, like, if we were able to put one more in, I'd be quite keen to put one more in in the, in the 215, the 365 Gold Cup, because we've got yeah. two at prices. We have left there. the top of the market alone, yeah. Yeah. We did. So you've got kitties like Revels Hill and Rillo, the Gotha and Sam certainly red they all currently sit above us so which of the which of those would you like the most hmm probably kitties but i mean it's a big ask is it seven days after <laughs> yeah mind you some of those some of those horses at punchtown are going to be running three four times over the banks in a week so yeah you know. yeah um yeah I don't if, know, if, kitties if, is good kitties is good like yeah i think kitties i think kitties all right all right new maths required <laughs> um, <laughs> we've now got two times two is four times three is 12 times two is 24 times two is 48 48 bets love that yep i think you know maybe we go out with a bang here yeah we might we might and it's guaranteed to be a decent sized pot because 250k go in it from the tote of course a couple of other um races are thrown into the scoop six which is mostly concentrating on the flat and uh, they actually found a handicap chase of punchestown to throw in, which would be a mighty tough way to end that scoop six exactly as it should be and uh, if you're uh, if you're not mildly interested in in, uh, in remillies in that race i'd be shocked i think that's i think that'll go well mm. after 
not running so well at Cheltenham one four four. But you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'll, I'll be taking him on um, with. I think this is actually one of Dermo's horses that he, he likes, which is must be obeyed. I might be making that up. No, you could be right. Um, you mentioned so many during yeah. the year. I don't, you know. <laughs> yeah, this um, this ran in the Irish, Irish National, Nash. I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, was running. Did it not clout my? I think I fancied Royal Pagai. Did it not clout Royal Pagai on the way around? And maybe I think that's what I think Royal Pagai clouted him. Or okay. either, either way, they were. Um, I think Royal Pagai clouted him when he fell. Okay. And then, because he'd been running, he'd been running a massive race up until that point and was traveling beautifully. And then just, you know, that was, that was race over. So he's running off one pound lower than that in an easier race. Um, he's yep. the same price. He was 16s then, he's 16s now. So yeah, it must be obeyed for me in the, the 25 punch to, to land, land the 150 grand scoop six. Done. Easy game. <laughs> no sniff. That's uh, yeah. Why not? Indeed. Um, all right. And fancy, of course, will be on at the weekend. Are you gonna? Is it mostly Sandown, or are you mixing up? Yeah. So we've got the so last four Sandown races on TV. So the the one forty, yeah. two fifteen, two fifty, and three twenty five, and then we've got three from Punch. So we've got the three fifty, which is the mayor's um, the mayor's champion hurdle, um, and then we've got the five o'clock which is the uh, Lossy Mouth in the Grade 1 Juvenile. And then we've got 5.30, which is the 20-runner, two-mile, three-handicap hurdle, which we love. Naughty. Naughty, but nice. I like that. Okay, that's good. That's going to be good stuff. I mean, it'd be remiss of me, Jamie. You know, people know that we've been obviously chatting all season on this. Uh, not to mention Colonel Mustard who's going to run today. Now, I don't know if people listen to this in time, but Colonel Mustard's going for the for the champion hurdle at Punchestown. Exciting stuff. Yeah, exactly. He he hopefully should run into a bit of prize money. Um, he's been so unlucky. I can't believe he ran into another one with Rubo last time. But he should run a big race. Uh, he's really well in himself. He won't mind the strong gallop if they go one. Uh, he's got as good a cruising speed as any of these. So, um, yeah, I'm hoping for a big run. And, yeah, he was second at this festival as a novice behind Echoes and Rain, um, who, yeah. who I think probably will, will go on and win the, the Mayor's Champion hurdles on, on uh, Saturday's card. So I'd not, I'd, I wouldn't rule him out now. I mean, it, it, um, something, something would have to go wrong with, with, with State Man and, and some of the other but uh, some of the horses, but they've all had long seasons and uh, you never know, you've got to be in it. You've got to be in it, exactly. And it's, you know, at the end of a, a long season where you've hit the crossbar so many times that it's been yeah. unfortunate. Next season, you know, maybe chasing is back open again. If you don't completely destroy your handicap mark here, you can have a go at all the same races again. So. Yeah, exactly. I think, I think we'll probably give chasing another go next year. It wasn't so much that we didn't fancy going chasing. We're actually quite happy with how he was how he yeah. was uh, learning the trade there. It was more just that we thought, you know what, well, actually he's so well in himself and we've got such a workable handicap, Mark. Uh, let's let's try and figure out what we can do over hurdles and then we can go go chasing again because he had two runs and he's still an obvious. So, yeah, exciting times ahead next season. And, yeah, I'm just delighted for, for Lorna that he's been such a flag bearer. She really is an unbelievably shrewd trainer um, that you should all keep on your radars. Love it. Fingers crossed then for uh, today. Uh, if you listen to this after it's run, hopefully it's gone and done. Yeah. Uh, you're proud again, once again, Jamie. I mean, Punchestown has become a bit of a penalty kick competition, hasn't it, over the over the course of its ex- extended nature mm. and all the different grade ones on there. I mean, you get to see some fantastic horses run, of course, and uh, it's a great kind of season finale, but there's so many options for them. I don't know. Imagine they crammed that into three days and made it, you know, all guns blazing would be something else. Yeah, I, I mean, I do agree. I love it. Don't get me wrong. I have so much me fun. I try, I try and go every year. Sadly, I couldn't go this year, but it, it is great crack. And as much as as much as it doesn't have the 
the, the, the quality and the it does feel a bit after the Lord Mayor show versus something like Cheltenham, sure. which is very you know that is that is the final there's a cup final for everyone but yeah it has its own charm it's it's own slightly more relaxed charm and you know I, I i get it i get the case for for shortening it maybe four days would be perfect get rid of a couple of the sales races but the sales races have a really important place in the ecosystem no, I'm not, i think i I'm think they really... add to the color to it they really do add to the color to it i think maybe just if you limited the kind of grade one options yeah, and brought them yeah. down into a bit more championship style i mean even that champion hurdle that you're going to take part in yeah. uh, later on today that is still top quality still state man voban charger pipe pipers and here they're all Mm. You know, excellent horses it is a competitive race except one horse stands out and you seem to get that in the Willie Mullins era of grade one farming and uh, yeah ah. oh, it's still great it's still great fun and still love the game and you still get you still get fast or slows winning gold cups and things like that so you know unbelievable it's... unbelievable I congratulated JJ uh, yesterday yeah and um, yeah I mean that's that's one of the rides to even still be thinking you're in the mix and for Martin Braswell to go and pull that off with that horse we've seen some enterprise in training this year i think that's one mm. of the stories of the season actually um the likes of emmett mullins and of course even martin brazzle there the other day you have to do something different to beat willie mullins it keeps coming out of their mouths and uh yeah i think they're getting it right i mm. love it been been fantastic so yeah look it's been a very enjoyable jump season on the race hour I, i've got to say thank you to the tote for getting involved with us all season and to you jamie and of course jamie harp and um, being involved uh, on the podcast here and uh, we've had plenty of contributors darren hughes we've had gary Connolly, we've had uh, stephen cast dave weldon keen kirby paddy aspel don mclean of course cameron brenner does all the uh, all the production for us behind the scenes and our very own Dermot nolan who i'm sure you're all crying has not been on this podcast, but he will be back soon. He's listening to crying of a different nature, I'm sure. Um, so, yeah, Jamie, thank you very much. No, no, no. It's been my immense pleasure. And, you know, there's one one notable name you missed off that thank you list, and it's you, Dino, at the risk of yeah, getting sure. too, too back, back slappy and circle jerky. Uh, <laughs> you've, been, <laughs> you've been an absolute rock star, and it's been a joy to be, be on with uh, with you, Dermo, and the, and the gang. So, no, yeah, do stuff. keep doing what you're doing. You boys you boys do it the right way, and um, still the best Cheltenham preview there is going. <laughs> that's 100 percent true like i don't care if that sounds like back but that is a fact uh, still watchable now is that entertaining yeah. even though most of the horses tipped uh, are still being found at the back of your tv um yeah pleasure jamie thank you very much you've been listening to the race hour of course we will be back in a few months time uh, we'll definitely cover galway when the jump action gets back there we may even do a few fat po- flat podcasts if uh, if it tickles our fancy as we go through the season but for now I thank you from the race hour to everyone who got involved. And Jamie, best luck this weekend. Hopefully you go and win the uh, the tournament as well. You never know. Cheers, Dino. Thanks, everyone. You're listening to The Race Hour, proudly brought to you in association with The Tote. Check out The Tote this jump season and find out what you've been missing.